The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker. One sentence summary. The Happiness Advantage turns the tables on happiness by proving it is a tool for success instead of the result of it and gives you seven actionable principles you can use to increase both. My favorite quote from the author is, I could care less about whether it's half full or half empty, as long as I can fill it up. Sean Aker. This was the next suggested book after Happiness by Richard Layard. So, and I told you yesterday that after reading that book, you can go deeper into specific tools for happiness and topics. The happiness advantage is a great next step. Sean Aker is one of the youngest happiness re researchers out there, but his work in positive psychology spreads like wildfire. It's no coincidence he talks about the butterfly effect. He's living it. His TED Talk is among the 20 most popular TED Talks of all time. Here are the three lessons I learned from reading the summary on Blinkist. 1. Happiness comes before success, not after it. 2. You can train yourself to be optimistic with the Tetris effect. 3. Fall up instead of down. There are seven principles in the book in total, but these three stood out most to me. So let's take a closer look. The Happiness Advantage, Lesson 1. Happy people become successful, not the other way around. This answers the question, will becoming successful finally make me happy? This is the core message of the book. The book quotes a study done by Martin Seligman, the father of positive psychology, where the happiness of 272 employees was monitored over 18 months. Those who were happier before the study achieved more success later on. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Instead of trying to become successful so you can finally be happy in the distant future, try to become happy right now so you'll be successful later. Which sounds easier? Making a million bucks or increasing your serotonin levels a bit by watching a funny video so you can score better on a math test later today since serotonin also improves your memory. Of course this is oversimplified, but being happy is really all about your mindset. You can't always influence what happens to you, but you can change your attitude. For example, research has shown that just anticipating something you're looking forward to, like that funny video, can boost your endorphin levels by 27%. The happiness advantage, lesson 2. Train your brain to spot positives with the Tetris effect. This answers the question, how can I get my brain to focus on the upside of things? I had no clue about this. Really cool. The Tetris effect is what happens when you spend hours on end doing one particular activity. Your brain becomes so engaged that the environment of the activity spills over to the rest of your life. For example, people who played several hours of Tetris per day started seeing the blocks before sleeping and imagining cereal boxes in the grocery store fall into place. Sean Aker says this can be positive or negative. In the case of Tetris, people started optimizing their environment and became more efficient. Similarly, you can train your brain to spot the positive things in your life in order to become more optimistic. For example, you can start a gratitude ritual when you write down three things you're grateful for each day. I've done this for three years now and it puts a positive spin on your day, no matter what happened. The Happiness Advantage, Lesson 3. Fall up instead of down by using failures as a stepping stone. This answers the question, how can I reframe failure? 
After each failure, crisis or catastrophe, three possible things can happen. 1. Nothing changes. 2. You are caught in a downward spiral and more bad things follow. Or 3. You come back stronger than ever before. Obviously, you have to shoot for scenario number 3 as often as possible. Speaking of scenarios, following a bad event, your brain always makes up alternative scenarios. These are called counterfacts, and this is where you get to take control. You have to choose to believe the alternative scenario that will lead to you working harder instead of less. Here's an example. When Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team, he could have believed that if only he was taller, he'd have been picked. But he can't influence his height, so that would not have made him work harder. Instead, he believed that if only he was better, he'd have been picked. This led him to practice like a madman the next summer, and the rest? Well, that's history. My personal takeaways from the happiness advantage for 2017. So the core message of this book, again, it's be happy to become successful. Don't try to become successful to be, become happy. Um, I, I think this is just one of the many cases where you can really see that a lot of the things we believe have a cause and effect relationship that goes one way, in reality has either a cause and effect relationship that goes the other way, or at the very least is a cycle that influences itself in, in both directions, right? So <clears throat> I'll try to make some other examples. So you might imagine if I become successful, I will be happy. And actually research shows it's more like when you're happy, you'll become more successful. Another one is optimism, I think, <clears throat> and motivation. These two go together well. So a lot of people think, oh man, if only I was more optimistic, I would become more motivated, right? Because I believe things would be better and then I would do more stuff. But maybe, or at the very least, this probably has another effect too. So if you do things to just get yourself motivated or just start doing stuff, you will become more optimistic because doing stuff actually shows you that good things happen when you do things. And that will make you more optimistic. Um... I think another one is creativity and taking risk, right? People think you have to take risk to take lots of risks to be creative because if you don't do something that's risky, that might not be very exciting, right? But at the same time, being creative can just lead to you becoming uh, comfortable with taking more risks, right? So if you started with being creative in very small ways, like Instead of doing what you usually do, you just vary what you usually do by a slight degree. So, for example, I don't know, let's say something as very minimalistic as instead of writing an article that's 800 words long, I could write one that's just 400 words long and just cap my limit there. And that might seem like a small change or 600 words long. It might seem like a small change, but somehow the new limit forces me to be more creative. And then in turn, I will be more comfortable with taking more risks in the form of making bigger changes. So um, I guess the punchline of this is that don't believe when you hear someone pointing to a cause and effect relationship or when you look at the cause and effect relationships in your life or how you perceive them, don't believe them as you see them. Um, always remember there's probably a cause and effect relationship that goes the other direction. And usually 
that's the one most people don't use most people don't talk about and it's usually also the one that's a lot easier to pursue or um, to use to your advantage about the tetris effect i think there's a couple more uses uh, a couple more places where you can use it um, so like you can train yourself to be more optimistic more positive what you could do is uh, again you can spot weaknesses sort of in your day i guess or where where inefficiencies are so if you focused a lot on like the people with tetris did um arranging things or making things in a way that's very efficient and very organized you could do that you could also train yourself to spot things like your own bad habits by just paying very close attention to to them or like trying to catch yourself uh, with your bad habits all day right so if you notice oh i'm biting my nails oh um uh, uh, i'm wiggling my knee i can't sit still or or i'm, I'm picking my nose whatever um, if you spend a whole day just focused on catching yourself that's a very efficient day in terms of getting better at your bad habits because if for one day you really immerse yourself in this activity like being the bad habit catcher the habit hunter um, the next day after that um, even if you don't pay actual attention to it you'll notice that you catch yourself you just happen to like oh i'm biting nails and you weren't even in the mode to try to catch yourself before it before so i think you can you can get quite good results with this um after a very short period of doing it but of course in the long run is when it really shines i guess and the last one fall up instead of down um, i just finished a book by ryan holiday called the obstacle is the way and that's exactly about that it's about reframing obstacles because from every obstacle you can grow and with every obstacle there comes a growth opportunity and it's up to you to take that and say hmm how can i use this to my advantage how can i flip this obstacle how can i turn it around how can i use this as a springboard into a better thing and come back stronger instead of letting this catch me off guard or or push me off my way and into a downward spiral so i hope those add-ons have been helpful um, i hope you'll start looking into cause and effect relationships in your life and how you can flip them and see you on the next summary